from Trimble Construction, you're listening to The Connected Construction Show, where we connect you to the contractors, owners, designers, engineers, and construction professionals who are finding better ways to work. And now, here's your host, Matt Sprague. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of The Connected Construction Show. My name is Matt Sprague. I'll be your host today. I am joined today by my guests, Chris Pepler from Trimble and Benjamin Crosby from Yates. Today's topic is really an overarching topic of what our show is going to be all about is what is connected construction and what does it mean to the various stakeholders within the construction industry? Uh, we're going to spend our entire season exploring this. So what better way than to talk of, talk to two wonderful subject matter experts to get this going? So um, why don't we meet them a little bit? So Benjamin, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, You know where you're from, who you work for, what your background is in construction, current role, so on and so forth. Thank you, Matt. I'm happy to be here today. Uh, Benjamin Crosby. I am currently with Yates Construction, and I've really found a home here. I've been with Yates Construction uh, 16 years now. So it's uh, originally from Arizona, but Yates brought me to Mississippi, and Mississippi is a home now too. Uh, when I was younger, then I thought I wanted to be an engineer until I found out that the engineers don't build things. That's the construction professionals that actually go build it. And I figured that out in college and I switched over and became a, a study construction management in college and then worked for a couple different places, did some other jobs and stuff, but then really settled in here with Yates and with a BIM VDC role. Uh, but really the thing that led me to BIM VDC was the idea of being able to share information and be connected. And so um, I'm really trying to make that more efficient, more productive, and so that's what really led me to where I am today and being able to participate is this ability of getting people to communicate with each other more effectively, more efficiently, and build better. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Chris Pepler, I'll hand it over to you with the, the same question. I won't re-ask it yeah. so I don't put everybody Appreciate to sleep. It. Hey, Matt. Uh, hey, Benjamin. Uh, Chris Pepler, I uh, am with Trimble. And I'm a general manager for our pre-construction category, primarily focused on um, delivering mechanical electrical plumbing solutions, as well as um, some solutions to the, the general contractor. And um, yeah, happy to really be on the show. Funny enough, I was an electrical engineer. That was my degree. Uh, I never used it. Um, it was more sort of microelectronics focused. Um, I was the, can you, can you hear me now guy? If you remember that from the, early 2000s, I was a radio frequency engineer, um, originally driving around and building cell phone networks um, outside Philadelphia. Um, but I've always been in technology. Uh, I've always been in a variety of different roles like um, product management and um, business development. And think I've actually, I was, a de I was a developer at one point. I ran a QA team for a software company at one point. Uh, but with Trimble, I manage a product portfolio and yeah, I'm um, also very passionate about uh, the topic of connected construction. So excited to talk to you guys, with you guys about that today. Awesome. So we're going to kick it off by really the simplest question that you can ask in this. What to you, what is connected construction? So what does connected construction mean? Uh, and when I say that out loud, I, 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 I kind of think of it as two, two different things in terms of 
what do you think it means today and what's your end state vision of where you want it to be? So we'll start off. We'll, 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 we'll start off with Benjamin. All right. So if we're going to be connected, there is the communication aspect of it and, and having the information be readily available for everyone who needs it. And so, um, <clears throat> You know, having started with this when my first internship in 2000 in Utah, when I was supposed to get bid documents out to some 200 bidders on an $800 million project, and they said, "Hey, we can possibly do this electronically," and they said, "Benjamin, you can you you can spin a computer around. Can you help us do this electronically?" And I found out that it was actually there was physical hurdles in the way. Sure, we could publish documents to some website. But I ended up driving to contractors' offices across the Utah Valley, showing them how to sign up on AOL so they could get internet access. <laughs> right? That was that like that first step into connected was they had to connect to the internet. And and today, you know, pretty much everybody's connected to the internet. But now we have to connect to each other's processes, each other's systems. We have to be able to see what other people are doing, and not wait till things are done. Because if you wait till someone else is completely done with something, you have no opportunity to correct it. So I am today we are really getting into that connecting the process, connecting the workflow together as we go. And I hope as we proceed into the future, we get to the point to where um, <clears throat> we're really not even having to talk about it. We, we have the information we need. We're talking about the solutions and and what needs to be done, not about, hey, can you send that to me? And that's kind of where we are today and where I hope to be in the future. Chris, how about your perspective? It was interesting. You were talking about uh, pretty much everybody's connected right now, at least internet wise. Uh, it's funny how often I hear uh, internet access as still an objection to moving things to the cloud. Um, it still comes up, right? Like what if, how do I use this, so this cloud software uh, if I'm not connected to the internet? Um, it's funny, 20 years later, we're still having some of that conversation. But, you know, for me, if I look at today versus tomorrow, I mean, I I think if we're honest with ourselves, construction's disconnected right now. Like, it, there is no, I don't know that, okay, that's a pretty grandiose statement, right? But, like, if we want to think about it, right, if you want to take an extreme view, um, we talk about connected construction, but the reality is it's super fragmented. What I love about the construction industry problem that we're all trying to solve is, it's like no other, right? Like, I mean, the there is a whole host of stakeholders and companies coming together to build something that's going to be built once and never built again. And that is unlike any other industry problem I've ever had to solve, right? And that it's, it's so when I think about what is connected construction, it's not just, I think if you're in a software company like Trimble, the first thing you think is like, oh, I need to connect this solution to that solution. And I think that's the wrong way to think about it from an industry perspective. Connected construction is connecting the people. And you said it right away, Benjamin, you said communication. It's communication, notification, real-time notification. Um, it's workflow and not just workflow across one technology solutions set of products, right? It's connected workflows across a project is what I think we're trying to get to. So trying to pull pull on that a little bit. 
Can um, I push on it a little bit? How about that? Oh, push and <laughs> right. pull. Let's go so, for it. Um, that, that idea, the same one, you know, started off trying to get all this stuff connected, especially when I rolled into BIM and VDC, and we're supposed to be sharing models like openly, and people are worried about their ownership of things like that. And, and people talk about, well, we just want one model that does everything. And I'm like, so let's equate that to software that people are familiar with. Do we want one piece of software that that posts things online, does our taxes, and opens our garage door? And I'm like, no, I don't want to accidentally open my garage door when I post my taxes online. I, I don't want all of the And so how do I connect those in such a way that is efficient and useful so I can do the things I need to do? And so you're exactly what you're talking about, Chris. Where are the right connections for these things? At what points should they touch each other, but still give that individual functionality that's needed in order for us to, to get the jobs done we're supposed to? And so like my mechanical yeah. engineer and my electrical engineer, they both have very different knowledge sets and very different information that they are inputting into the system, but they still have to talk to each other at certain points. And so um, I, I like to, to take and you know talk to people is that we don't want to just mash everything together. I like a plate of food with all my stuff separate. I don't blend it up. Yeah. Right. And I, and I want to eat it as I go. Yeah, Benjamin, you know, it's interesting. You Yeah, it's important. Sorry. I was just going to, I got to jump on that too. Go ahead, I mean, Chris. you know, you said it right there. You said BIM and you said modeling. And it's so interesting. I think one of the things we, I talk a lot about with, with our teams internally is we've become so laser focused on BIM, meaning the model. And we like to focus on the eye, right? It's information modeling about the building. Right. It is not a model of the building as the source of truth. And there is a whole bunch of information around the project that has nothing to do with a 3D model. Um, and the more that we can democratize, you know, information in the model to other people that aren't like a Revit user or a Bentley user or whatever it is, um, the better. Right. Like we need to focus on the information and the information flow to the right people, not just BIM as a model. Yeah, and I think Ben Benjamin, I think what you were talking about or kind of inferring was that if we mash it all together, if there's one user interface, there, there's ninety eight percent of the people that are that are involved are going to be unhappy, and two percent will be happy with the with the user interface, right? So, designers, owners, builders, operators, maintainers, all they all have different ways of seeing the world, so to speak. Um, and and it, where if we focus on the information, Chris, and we focus on the communication, so the communication to me is the ability for the user interfaces to be uh, uh, connected, right? It, and then therefore we get the best of both worlds. And then it all feeds a model that everybody kind of uh, can, can, can glam onto, so to speak. And then, and when we're all said and done, I don't even think everything sits in the model, right? We have project management, mm -hmm. we use project site, right? And we have all of this project management capability there. And yeah, some of the RFIs connect to the model. Some of them don't need to, some of them shouldn't, right? And so there's all of these, like I said, different sources and where do they connect? How do they talk to each other and letting them live in different places, um, if they need yeah, to, but be accessible, right? It, it's, yeah. it's a fun game to play. Um, 
we don't want everyone in the same house. But we sure want to be able to talk to our friends when we want to. And we don't want our some family members dropping by too frequently, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the model is stakeholder specific mm -hmm. as well, right? It yeah. all depends on the job that you're trying to get done and how, how you're going to, to leverage it. So, so um, there's another term that's thrown out there a lot, digital transformation. So is digital transformation connected construction? Is it the same thing or is it separate or is one a part of the other? Who wants it? Chris, we'll start with you. We started with Benjamin okay. last time. Um, I think they're near neighbors. There's probably a pretty big Venn diagram. You know, they probably overlap quite a bit. Um, but if I, I would talk about it in two different ways. If I put myself in the shoes of a contractor, um, there's probably a lot of digital transformation work that they have to do inside their company, especially the a company the size of like Yates. Um, that has nothing to do with actually connected construction. It, it could be things like um, upgrading their CRM system. Okay, it, I guess that's a bad example, right? Of course that has something to do with construction. It's your lead gen, right? It's your opportunity pipeline. Um, but, you know, I think there's a whole bunch of things that really don't particularly play into connected construction. And then I look at Trimble's own journey. I mean, we're on a digital transformation journey as well internally. Um, and there's aspects of that that's systems, but then there's aspects of that that are, you know, how people go to market or how they engage with a customer and the tools that they have to do that, that might be related to construction, but not necessarily. So I, I don't know, Benjamin, how, if that resonates with you at all um, or what you think of that. Oh, absolutely. So many people think of them as being the same thing. Um, yet they're not really the same thing. I would say that the digital transformation opens the door to true connection. But an example of where it doesn't work is if I have a, you know, a junior superintendent on a project that wants to be more efficient and punch list. So they download that app that costs $3 a month and they put it on their phone and they run all the punch list. They're not connected to anything. They're digital, but it's just all sitting on their phone. And so connected construction is is when we really we have to go digital really to do it because we just can't push the paper fast enough and broad enough to make it all happen. But when we go digital, now we've got to once again connect the systems and the process and be able to have the model be shared and then the RFI be shared. And like you said earlier, that the difference of just getting the RFI digital doesn't necessarily mean that the owner has the right information when they need it or the architect because so many architects are using a different system like we use project site because it works great for us it's totally awesome but it's not really built for an architect to manage their rfis and their information and so being able to come back and, and connect those things i would say first step digital second step let's not put it in a digital locker let's put it in a digital shared location where people can actually interface with it as they need to. Yeah, I feel like the the digital transformation is the is the journey towards connected construction. And and every every single organization's on a different part of that journey. You know, some some are trying to connect to the internet. That's digital transformation. Um, others are trying to make sure that every single part of their processes and workflows are digitized, mm -hmm. part yes. of digital transformation. 
Um, but then there, and, and I think that's where, this is where the majority of the industry is now is in the spot where we've digitized almost everything, uh, but nothing talks to each other. Yeah. It's all, you know, the, 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 you know, the marketing terms, you know, siloed yeah. data. Um, and, and now how do we go back to what we were talking about before in the previous question? How do we get the information readily available to communicate with everybody throughout that digital transformation? I think the, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to, I think digital transformation is, you know, again, thinking about a, a contractor and running their business. Um, that's a lot of, a lot of a digital transformation journey, like you said, Matt, is in their control, Right. What's less in a particular company or stakeholders control is connected construction, right? In a lot of cases, they're potentially beholden to the technology vendors they've chosen <laughs> uh, or the technology stack they've chosen to really dig deliver digital construction. But a digital transformation, um, sorry, a connected construction is, but yeah, I think the digital transformation is largely in a, in a contractor's control to some extent. Um, Benjamin, you also mentioned apps, you know, a guy downloading a $3 app. I mean, I think that's hugely problematic. And this is a big, com big technology company perspective for sure. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, our perspective is partly that's a little bit the challenge with the industry right now is with the, the number of stakeholders and personas that are involved in a project. And then you think about the app proliferation that happens. It just exponentially creates a connected problem. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, the more that we can, certainly we think about standardization on a few platforms, um, which is, um, you, know, you could argue the, the benefits of the drawbacks of something like that, but it is going to take some of the big players in the space, like, like a Trimble and an Autodesk and a Procore and a Bentley and some others to say, hey, we've got to commit to delivering on open and extensible platforms to deliver on connected construction. You know, yeah, and and part of it is like you mentioned, Matt. It's a journey, right? And when I step onto a job site to go build this product, I'm pulling in trade contractors, owners, architects, engineers, consultants, this wide array, thousands of people, and they're all different locations on this journey. And so now we're at a project and we're like, okay, we want all of you to do it this way. And, and sometimes that's a difficulty in and of itself um, because that, that individual that is exceptionally knowledgeable and man, they're the best waterproofer in the state, right? They are efficient. They are effective. They are really good in how much waterproofing, what do they really need online? They don't need a model of that. They, they know. In fact, they hardly ever even ask an RFI. It's they, you know, they're good at their job and they get it done. I need to pull them in with me enough, right? Uh, enough that they're still productive and they're still working. And so, um, and then I also run into the hurdle on the, you know, this connected aspect where some groups I work with aren't ready to be connected. They're not even comfortable with sharing their information that much. Um, that kind of open book and letting us uh, see what's happening along the way um, and and walking through. They're just not ready for it yet. Um, they're maybe why, embarrassed. Why is that? They haven't set up for it. Go ahead, man. I was going to say, why is that? I, lots of times I don't think they're prepared for it. So I, I see this lots of times with architects and engineers that are trying to walk along their BIM journey 
and they are used to reviewing and delivering a set of plans. And they've been doing it that way for 30 or 40 years, and they have their check places in process. Now they have started their journey and they're no longer delivering a paper set. They are now electronically stamping and delivering a, you know, a PDF set of drawings. But that is that, that one time, you know, here it is kind of done mentality. And they're not, they're not used to having this conversation of someone saying, well, hey, we could change this now and, and it would make things better later. But then they have to stop and change that and make those adjustments, and they're not prepared and ready for that. And so that takes a collaborative effort coming into it um, where they have to be starting down that road ahead of time. And we have a good portion of our projects at Yates that do that. We like doing design build. We're very efficient, very good at it. We also pick up some projects that are done by developers, and that's a very different approach between the two. Um, and you kind of see um, different ways of it happening. And they're just, their architects and engineers are not prepped. They haven't done it before. And so we're trying to enter that first door of the journey, take these first steps with us. Yeah, you've been printing to PDF, so you're digital, but you haven't started connecting with everyone yet the way that we would hope to see as we go forward. Chris, anything to add on that? We covered it pretty well, actually. Cool. So, um, so I think you 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 referred to that as a hurdle um, uh, to get over. Are are there so connect to construction in general? I guess is the is like is it possible? What are the other roadblocks or other hurdles that we would need to overcome, or 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 or, or have we? explain them all. I mean, I'll, I'll jump in on that. I, I mean, I think um, the other thing we have to acknowledge, much like Benjamin's analogy in terms of bringing people together on a project that are at different stages, like I was thinking about an analogy of like, a, it's like you're taking a, a calculus professor and then grabbing a high school student, a junior high student and a you know sixth grader and saying, hey, we're going to perform complex you know, calculus three equations right now, right? Like there's only one person in the room that knows how to do that. That's the same thing with with connected construction and the, the maturity curve, but we have to talk about technology. Um, and our chief platform officer, Jennifer, talks a lot about what she calls mode one, mode two, and mode three technology and the adoption curve toward basically mode three. And what we mean by that is mode one is straight up on-prem. It's on your desktop, it's on a computer, it's locked. Mode two being some sort of a hybrid in between state, maybe, uh, You've got like a thick client with, uh, you know, something's hosted in the cloud and then you've got native SaaS and, you know, that adds additional complexity as well to connected construction. You know, you've got solutions that are fully connected. They were built with APIs in mind from the very beginning, open APIs that anybody can use. And then your other spectrum is mode one down there where it's like, I have, I have no ability to get information out of that file sitting on a computer and that that is a big hurdle for the industry as well you know we're doing some really creative things in tremble i'm sure a lot of other companies are as well to to move the industry more toward cloud and SaaS because the faster we can get there i think there's just a lot more possible there's a lot more possibilities and there's a lot less friction to connecting things i 
that, Benjamin, thoughts? Yeah, that movement to software as a service, then we one of the hurdles that comes along that is we have legal obligations to have our information accessible, right, at, at a later date and things like that. And so we often find ourselves, well, how do we plan for that too? Right. So so now, you know, everyone's RFIs are in this location and they're all accessible. But what happens when the person who's paying for that service doesn't pay for that service anymore? Is everything gone? And so then sometimes we come to the end of the project and we kind of drop all the connected aspect of it. And we just drop everything into PDFs that are hard to search and deliver this thing at the end. That's that's not where I want to be in the future. Right. But it's the reality of where we are now. And, and so um, the lots of times the hurdles are legal and this kind of ownership who is purposing it. I see that all the time with all of these software um, ones that we use. You, let's do the Vim360, Procore, it connects, project sites, new forma, um, trying to list all the major ones out there. Um, then who is controlling and using it? Because I run into that all the time in my projects that there's this hurdle of, and I have a project where this is happening. Um, the owner is using a system to manage all of their stuff. And we're like, great, we want to use the system too. They're like, oh, good, come on, you can play. And you say, oh, hey, we've got 50 contractors and 38 vendors that are all coming with us and we all want to get in this. And the owner's like, no, I, I can't manage all of that. I have to give them all access and permissions and 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 we just want the, the submittal to come from you. To, we don't want to have the subs inputting their own submittals. And I was like, well, where do you think submittals come from? And, and they're like, well, but that's we want you to review all that first. And so then the system isn't broad enough. Right. It, it kind of has the touch points, but it's it's not ready for that many people to come play because the owner has a specific purpose in mind of what they want to have happen with the software. So we start to expand that. And if we can and that's man, I've got four or five projects that's happening on right now. So we get two systems. And sometimes it's the same system. It's the same company that's providing it. And we have two different instances of that system. And we're trying to get information in between them. And that that's a, one of those connection points. I got to explain that to somebody yesterday. And they're like, what do you mean they don't talk to each other? Isn't it the same thing? Like, it's just the world we live in right now. <laughs> and yeah. so trying to get past so that hurdle too. So you bring up a, a good point, Benjamin, in terms of the the project ends and it all of a sudden transitions back to 2D. So I would actually, and this is a very immature thought in my mind right now, so I take no uh, no, no ownership to it. It's coming off the top, is that maybe connected construction is the, is the wrong terminology because construction means like we're connecting things, only things related to the construction and not the entire assets lifecycle. Mm -hmm. Because uh, that that essentially, if we really make sure that it's it's connecting the asset lifecycle, um, now we we don't convert things to two D because you know the operations and maintenance teams like hey don't forget about us we need we need quality information as well uh, we need that information to be communicated to us at the end of it really, yeah really well said and I'm surprised you got through that whole cool. explanation and idea without saying digital twin. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've I've actually conditioned myself not to. I feel it's yeah, exactly. it's, it's more of a buzz. 
It's a buzzword. Yeah, it really has. All right. I love having people define digital twin. They're like, oh, we want a digital twin. It's like, okay, what's the scope of that work? Because that's that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I was I was listening to someone speak from the digital twin consortium, and um, and it was it was John Turner from Gafcon, and and I, and I'm 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 not uh, I'm going to be paraphrasing what he said, but it, they asked him like, what is a digital twin? And he's like, well, we asked we asked our customers, what do you want it to be, right? You know, so you have to define each 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 um, user, each customer, each owner, uh, you know, basically has to what do you want? What are you trying to do? Like there's no magic pixie dust and be like, here's a digital twin. Like you've got to be able to put a little bit more forethought into it and whatnot. So it's anyway, I do try to stay away. The fun part on my side is that we, we are ready to deliver to a digital twin on 90, 90, 95% of the projects we perform on. It is the models that we built to, and here it is. And like here, and they're like, well, that's not what we wanted. So, well, what did you want? Well, we want our operations and maintenance database in there. It's like, well, that's not the digital twin that we are building. And so, um, and we can tie those together, but on, I've had it a number of instances where they're like, well, that's a lot of work to tie those together. We're just going to go scan the whole building when you're done. And we're going to label things and create our own digital twin that way. And I was like, okay. Yeah, but that's those different yeah. definitions become very stark sometimes and um and then maintenance of all those sort of things it's and really that is the essence of connected if we can get to a point to where the information flows from design to construction to the owner in such a way that it is we don't have to change states or forms when we're done touching those things at the right points that's what i would love to see yeah. So I brought up the Digital Twin Consortium. Um, there's another organization that I know that both of you are involved in, which is the Construction Progress Coalition. Um, and uh, let's expand on that. Let's let our listeners know if they don't know about it, you know, what it's all about, um, what it, what it's what its goals are. Who wants to who wants to kick that one off? I, I've been chasing that one for many, many years. So that's something that's near and dear to me. I mean, years ago, joining with AGC and was was AGC XML, and then it moved to COSA, and then it rolled into Construction Progress Coalition, and and Nathan Woods done a great job of of actually making something happen. This idea that there's all this information out there, and we can truly connect it. So when we talk about connected construction, this is like the epitome of it that we can write an RFI, and the the one that I know of that is actively up and running today is. An architect engineer can write an RFI in new forma and push it out into BIM 360 or Procore, whatever system they're using, and it now lives in both places. It's happening, and they don't have to worry about, well, which system am I logging into and what am I doing? And Nathan's laid that out. RFIs was like the first thing we started tackling a couple of years ago, and then submittals, and then start getting to pay apps, and it's just growing into all these things and laying a formwork and a framework for not only for vendors, but actually use the Construction Progress Coalition, he's cool diagrams so you can map out how your process works and communicate that. And an owner can look at it and be like, I didn't realize there was that many steps and all these people had to interface to get that submittal where it needs to go. And they're like, and these are the different systems we're using and you get them to talk to each other and it's already 
I'm very excited about the progress and where it's going and being able to connect those dots all together. It's, I like the idea of it. I, I might've left out some important parts to you, Chris. What, what's the part that you're excited about it for? Well, honestly, re-engaging, um, like I told you guys a little earlier as we were prepping, um, the funny story is uh, I was at a um, road show for um, the contact crew in Salt Lake. And then I did one here in Denver and I was on stage with Nathan and never met him before. And about two weeks later, I'm walking down a farmer's market and this little girl runs up to my daughter and says, Molly. And uh, I was like, oh, that's one of your friends from school. And I look up and there's Nathan and the little girl's dad was Nathan. And I'm like, oh, nice to see you again. I guess we should talk a little more. And um, one thing led to another. And I found out what CPC was all about. And I was looking at who was involved and I'm like, well, Trimble's kind of the only one that's not involved. And he's like, well, you were, I'm not sure what happened. Um, so we rejoined, um, last year, um, and we're part of the summit here in Denver in February. And I'm just excited to see the commitment from the various, um, not just the technology providers, but also the, the contractor community, the construction community as a whole, that's part of it, right? It's not just, a bunch of software companies get in a room solving the problem. It's the industry getting in a room and talking about connected construction and CDEs and how we exchange data between things. And um, so we're just getting re-engaged and started, but um, that's kind of how, how we came to be again. <laughs> and it's pretty cool because there's different aspects of Trimble involved in it. You have different mm -hmm. divisions and different software groups, and, and I see engagement in yeah. multiple fronts and that ability to, um, I guess, have those tie together. Like I said, those connection points um, that I was talking about, where does the information transform across so that, hey, my mechanical engineer can still do what they need to do. My architect can still lay out what they need to lay out but yet I can get that information when I need it and then push it to a trade contractor. And it really, the CPC and the effort there really is addressing all of those different groups. And I see how much progress Trimble has made. I, you guys aren't on the calls, but I, about every two weeks we're on a call update. Where is it going? How is it going? And what's happening there? And it's, it's really exciting for me to see that. Yeah, we, uh, we've got representation from, that's awesome. From so our ERP to, you know, project management to submittals. I mean, uh, the Trimble brag here would be, I mean, we do have the breadth of almost everything across the construction continuum. So I think we have a lot to add, but also a lot to contribute to solving the problem by us being there because we have, you know, we're part of the problem, right? You know, it, it, we've got to, we've got to contribute um, in a meaningful way because we are so broad. For those listeners, again, what we're talking about is the Construction Progress Coalition. Check it out if you haven't heard about it. If you're not involved, get involved. Um, so that that's actually our final uh, construction, connected construction question. I have one final question uh, that we are going to do in every single one of our episodes, which basically is going to ask our guests, and hopefully I'm not putting you guys on the spot, uh, and, and if I am, 
sorry. Uh, what is a motto that you live by or a motto that you find interesting? For example, Benjamin, as a shout out to your home state of Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, and I'm going to do a, probably a terrible job at speaking Latin, is uh, virtute et armis, which means by valor and arms. Uh, I believe it's on your state seal. Uh, so, Benjamin, I'll start with you. Do you have a, a motto that you find interesting or a motto you live by? So first BIM forum I attended some <laughs> 10 years ago. I, it was a comment by somebody out there, and I have been living by this for many years now, especially my construction career. Cool is a terrible business plan. We don't do anything because it's neat, because it's cool. We don't engage with Trimble because they, they're cool people or have cool products, even though they do. We do it because it's, it's got to perform. We, we've got to build buildings and we do this to improve the value we provide to our clients and our customers. And I remember that whenever we're evaluating new processes, how to do anything, we're not doing this because it's neat. We're doing this because it works. I love Benjamin, it. I love that Chris? one, by the way. I actually, I say that this term uh, from time to time, um, we don't, we shouldn't be doing, none of us should be doing tech for tech's sake. You know, not our own engineering teams in terms of internal to Trimble, not in our own DX, digital transformation efforts, not a contractor, right? Like you should, not because it's cool, but because it has a purpose. Um, so honestly, that would probably be one of mine, Matt, is we do tech with purpose or for a purpose. Um, the other one that's probably not so much either Trimble or industry related is, I wouldn't call it a motto, but I believe in transparency. Um, I, I believe in honesty. You know, I, I have a hard time when somebody asks me a question, not telling them exactly, you know, the status or where they stand or where a product stands, right? Like if a customer asks me, hey, what's the future of this product? I'm nervous you're going to sunset it. If I have plans to do that, I'm going to probably be honest um, about it. So for me, another motto would just be transparency and honesty. It doesn't do anybody good to have the right information to make a decision. Do we know what transparency and honesty is in, okay. in Latin? Electrical, electrical engineer, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. But anyway, so uh, thank you both so much for joining us uh, as what was the very first episode of the Connected Construction Show. Uh, we're excited to have had you and listened to your stories and, and, and the experiences that you've had um, so again, thank you so much. And for those of you tuning in, uh, listening to us, watching us, thank you so much. We look forward to our next episode in between now and then stay connected. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Connected Construction Show. For more information, visit us at ConnectedConstructionShow.com.